Hi, welcome today on Ask a Pastor. I'm joined by George Palumbo, my friend and co-worker here at Orchard Hill. George uh, works as one of our LifeStage pastors. Welcome, George. Good to be here. Today we have several questions we'd love to address. So, George, the first question is long and is in some ways challenging, in other ways maybe not challenging. Probably depends where somebody sits on the issue. Here's how the question reads. There are, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of controversy in the church. I think they mean there is a lot of controversy in the church over transgender individuals. Scripture seems clear that God made us male and female in the image of God. However, what does the Bible say or would Christian counsel say to an individual who's born intersex, having both male and female parts? Would God consider a person born intersex male or female? If they choose to have reconstructive surgery as a child but feel much different as an adult, what would the counsel be to that person? Would their sexual complementary counterpart be male or female? Uh, you keeping all this straight? I've got, you, got it all together. Ready to, yes. to just, uh, okay. Bullet point. I'll read all of this okay. and we can jump into it. Would you consider intersex individuals born that way as a result of the fall? I'm reminded about what God said to Moses, who gave human beings their mouths, who makes them deaf or mute, who gives them sight or makes them blind. Is it not I, the Lord? Or would you say these people would be described as eunuchs made the way of Matthew 19:12. How does this topic fit into conversation about transgenderism within the church? So George, um, help us think about intersex, which is different from transgender uh, individuals and how the Bible sees that and what we need to consider with that. Well, if you don't mind, I'm just going to look at this question uh, Absolutely. in the sense that, yeah, Scripture seems clear that God made us male and female. Uh, you know, the Scriptures are clear in the book of Genesis on that, uh, on that topic. However, what does the Bible say would be the counsel to an individual who is born intersex, having both male and female parts? Uh, I would say that, I mean, at least to begin the conversation is that uh, it's pretty clear that there is male and female. And I think the idea perhaps of, of going down the road of transgender and fitting transgender into the idea of intersex uh, almost begins to assume that intersex means that it would be an idea of extra sex. Uh, that there would be, if there's more than two sexes because of the idea of, uh, of intersex, that there's this whole broad spectrum uh, of sexes, and I think biologically we even know that that clearly is just not the case. Right, and, and what's, what's insightful about this question is it is drawing the line between transgender and intersex, saying, okay, the Bible does affirm male and femaleness, which would challenge the current cultural idea of transgenderism. Sure. But when somebody's born with uh, genitalia that could go both ways, um, which is a known phenomenon, it's yes. very rare, but it is something that does happen, then how does the Bible see that person, male or female, if there's only uh, those two categories? And then what is that person's opposite? Uh, so, so how would you, if somebody came to you and that was their, their situation, or they had a child who was born that way, mm. Um, what would you say to them from a, from a biblical understanding about how they were to see their sexuality and then what would be uh, proper in terms of their sexuality, in terms of surgery uh, or anything of that nature? Uh, even that, the question you just asked is really loaded. There's just so much there. Uh, you know, Jesus did 
make comments about Unix and those who were either born that way or they were made that way, um, you know, through torture or what, you know, what had ever happened. And, and I think that there's a biological question even inside of that in that our sex is something that is determined. Our, our gender, the, the idea of being gender neutral or gender cross-gendering is a pretty new uh, phenomena. I, I think it goes back to the, to the 40s or 50s uh, when that became a, a, a real concept. Uh, but I think when we confront somebody, we need to be really careful to, to love them, uh, especially if a, parents have a child who is born uh, with some of the, a condition uh, that we ought to be very caring. I, I think sometimes the church in, the, in these circumstances just waves a hand and says that, uh, you know, it is what it is. God made them male and female, and people can walk away with struggles uh, that we have not really carefully cared for pastorally. Uh, so I, I think there's a long conversation, uh, and, and I think part of that goes to the the idea that we can't help the way that a person feels. Uh, if, if someone w walked into us right now and said they feel like a hippopotamus, I mean, we can't argue that they're feeling that way. Uh, but I think as Christians, we have to at least submit ourselves to say that God's Word has something to say uh, about our feelings and that where, do, where are we directed uh, when it comes to our feelings? Are we to submit to our feelings about the way something is, or do we go to God's Word, uh, and where is our worldview forged mm -hmm. uh, out of that? And, and, and that's a good word, especially on the transgender issue. I think, again, this question is driving at somebody who biologically is born with some um, disparate information about their gender. Yes. Um, therefore making it not necessarily about their feelings, how they feel about what sex they are, uh, but about the reality that they, um, from a genetic standpoint, uh, don't have as clear a map as some others. So, so again, if, if you were in that situation, somebody came in and said, Pastor George, uh, help us think about this biblically. We have a child who was born with, uh, w w with this situation. Uh, where would you point them? How would you help them think about that? Again, I would, I would say to them, I would say, well, clearly God has made male and female. And, and again, but the, then they even, might push back yeah, and say, not in this instance. Even the biology, which is evolution. I, I did bring one thing to mm -hmm. read from, even from an evolutionary biologist. He made, these, he made this comment. Um, his, his name is Colin Wright. And he says this, evolutionary biologist, and, and I know we'll get back to the, to the scriptural idea, rejects, re rejecting the eye that sex is a spectrum mantra with clear reasoning. He says, again, this is a, an evolutionary biologist, a spectrum implies a continuous distribution and maybe even an amodal one in which no specific outcome is more likely than, other, more likely than others. Biological sex in humans, however, is clear cut over 99.98% and would place it among the most precise methods in all of the life sciences. We revise medical care practices and change world economic plans on far lower confidence than that. Uh, I mean that God did create, create us with a specific sex that not only um, deals with our 
genitalia, but also other parts of our bodies. Our brains have a sex that uh, every molecule and every uh, cell in our bodies has a sex, mm -hmm. uh, that it's not something, so that those things can be determined at birth. Now when, you know, if we look down at ourselves, or I, I thought about this on the way in, uh, and thought if, what a struggle it would be, you know, to look down and have a set of breasts. I mean, that would be a real struggle. It would be an emotional struggle that we have to contend with. And then I would have to ask myself, where will I take my cues as to what my gender is? Will I go to God's word and find there that we are created male and female in his image? Or will I take my feelings and say, but I feel differently uh, mm -hmm. in, in this issue. And then it becomes a worldview. Do we take our cues from what God has said or do we take our cues from the way we feel? So what I'm hearing you say is, is if somebody said, hey, this is my child, this is my situation, that, that you would still give the counsel or, or thought based on the Word of God that says Genesis 1, God created them male and female. So there's two categories. That's how God created. And then your evolutionary biologist saying, this is such a small percentage that, that even if there's um, not 100% clarity, there's still a dominant gender that most people are born with. Therefore, go with that is, is almost what I'm hearing you say. And, and, and in a lot of cases, you know, one of the things I think people like to do, and I'm not saying this question is that, but is we like to take the <clears throat> most uh, extreme example and then try to reason backwards to what should be normative for everything, when what we should do is probably go the other way and say, what is normative? Uh, and now how does that apply to the most extreme example? And, and this is probably a case of that where, where this um, a situation where even if it's 1%, or whatever percent that is, doesn't um, have to define the rest of how things are seen. But, the rest, but that 1% should be seen through the lens of how, how everything else is. But, but is that a fair interpretation of what you're saying? It, it is. For sure it is. Uh, and again, this is a, a voluminous question. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, to answer everything that's in there and, and to say, how would we handle someone who walked into one of our offices you know, in 15 minutes? I certainly mm -hmm. wouldn't expect that you would have it done in 15 minutes, right? Surely we wouldn't have it done in 15 minutes. This person would require, I think, the love and care of the church. And I would go on to even say that if someone comes in and is combative about what God's word has to say, I don't, you know, I don't, what do we do with a person who's combative and says, well, this is, this is my situation. I don't care what God's word, as opposed to someone who comes in and says, I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what God's word says and I'm willing to submit to God's word, but here's the reality of what I'm contending with today. I think counseling that person becomes a very different uh, mm -hmm. scenario than the person who is, you know, just says, you know, I, I take my cues from, you know, the, the scriptures tell us we walk by faith as believers. Uh, so whatever God's word has to say, I want to submit in faith to what God's word has to say, not to create my own uh, scenario where I walk according to my own feelings, uh, even my own uh, body parts. Right. Uh, because even my, any other body part can be obscured. It's not only the genitalia that can right. be obscured at birth, 
Uh, children are born without arms. Children mm -hmm. are born, you know, with their innards on the outside of their body. Uh, so we're not born perfect in, in a perfect world. I would even go on to say that uh, the studies that I've looked at in preparing for this have shown that <clears throat> people who even have a surgery contrary to their biological sex, later on when they are asked if they, have, if they are glad that they had that surgery, almost none of them say, yes, I'm so glad. They also don't say, I'm so, I wished I hadn't done it. Mm. They're just okay with it. That okay. it, it hasn't made any tremendous change, change in the their way life. They felt about themselves. Almost across the board, it does. There's no change. No one says my life and everything about it has just become dramatically better. Yeah. Uh, there just was no change. Okay. So, so maybe a way just to <clears throat> to help us, kind of, as you said, there's a lot here to to uh, digest. Um, it says this, what does the Bible say or would a Christian counsel say to an individual who's born intersex? I think we answered that. Uh, would you consider a person born intersex, male or female? I think we answered that saying you go with whatever is most dominant and it's pretty minuscule. If they chose to have reconstructive surgery as a child but feel much differently as an adult, what would your counsel to that person be? I think that's a good question. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fair question to ask. And I think I would answer to that person, again, if this was someone who came in and said, I had a sex change operation as a child that was in the opposite direction mm -hmm. of what my biological sex was, I would probably sit and love that person mm -hmm. and show compassion to that person and say, I don't think I would encourage you in one way or the other, but if you chose to have an operation to go back to the way God created you, I would certainly uh, affirm that with you, along with you. Okay. Um, then they said, would their sexual complementary counterpart be male or female? Well, if they've uh, gone with their dominant gender, then that yes. becomes clear. Um, would you consider intersex individuals to uh, born that way as a result of the fall? Or are they born more in the category of eunuchs? That was, uh, which is actually a good theological it question. Is. Because what they're saying is if it's a result of the fall, then maybe it's a different category than if it, it's something that God designed from the beginning. Yes. Uh, again, not an easy, there's mm -hmm. just no easy, simplistic answer that everyone's going to sit and go, I mean, we're not going to have the last word on this. Mm -hmm. uh, even if we read uh, a myriad of things from biologists and micro and macro biologists, where no one's going to offer the final word because people are going to deal with their feelings and the way that they are receiving and what the culture has to say about these things. And again, I, I would just say that I, I don't think Jesus minced words, you know, when he referred to eunuchs. Uh, I think it's in Matthew, Matthew 5. He talked about eunuchs and those who are mutilated or those who choose you know, so, not so to marry. J just define eunuch for somebody who maybe isn't familiar with the phrase or concept. Someone who is not able to, either not able to uh, propagate or mm -hmm. through self-mutilation, mutilation from torture, 
or someone who simply chooses to... So, so in Bible times, what would happen is sometimes people would rise to a place where they would care for the harem of a king and they would be mutilated so that they would never be able to have yes. relations with any of the women in the harem. And that was a phrase eunuch. Right. And then there are some who appear to have been born that way, some who chose, chose that it. Right. As, as a course of, of action. Okay. Um, so, so are you saying that it's pre-fall or post-fall or not entirely sure? I would say that it really wouldn't matter, not that it doesn't matter that someone's born intersex. Uh, I would say that... The, whether it was pre-fall or post-fall. Yes. Okay. It, that in that sense, we would minister to someone the exact same way, unless it's something they chose to do. You know, if I chose mm -hmm. to be a eunuch, uh, you know, Jesus says that some choose to do that for the sake of the kingdom of God. Right. Uh, so do they need ministered to? I, I would say probably not. You know, right. this is a choice that they made intentionally. Uh, but for those who did not make that choice intentionally, I would say that we would love them. We would encourage them to stay in God's word, uh, that they would take their cues about their feelings. Uh, again, this, is, this even goes, I think this goes even beyond into the idea of someone who chooses to be homosexual and says, well, I can't help it. Even though God's word says something differently, that becomes a different pastoral challenge to us mm -hmm. uh, to speak truth into their life because truth the truth matters, uh, but if someone comes in and again they're hostile, the truth just simply doesn't matter to them, and they will choose to do what they choose to do based on their uh, mm -hmm. their preference. Right. Yeah, and that's a that's a whole nother conversation. Yes. The um, the the I think what's behind this question when somebody asks this is is this a result of the fall or was this God's design? is usually the reason that question is asked, and I think you hit on this as well with the homosexual issue. If I'm born a certain way, uh, then I feel as if, what can I do about this? This is right. who God made me to be. It should be embraced rather than not embraced, at least on, on that issue that tends to be. And so I think what's, what's being asked here is if this is, is not God's design, then maybe they get a chance to reconstruct in a way that they want to or to embrace it as it is, is kind of the, the, the question, which is actually the opposite of how that's often thought about from a homosexual standpoint. The, the, the thing that, that I would say to that, and, and I think your impulse is right to say, I'm not sure that ultimately that's the question we need to answer here because the, the real issue becomes in, in many ways what gender um, was I born with? And then how do I live out those implications today? And, and how this relates to transgenderism, which is one of the questions here, is that, is that we're living in a time in which people, and you use the example of the hippopotamus, want to say, I can imagine or decide my gender. This isn't something that is part of the way God created human beings. Um, it's a cultural concept. We just have different, different sure. genitals. That's it. Uh, different procreation. And I think biblically, not just in Genesis, but throughout the pages of the Bible, we would say, no, there is a distinction between men and women. Um, God has, has made people to be complementary across the board. Uh, so gender still does matter. And, and to just wake up one day and say, I want to be different than I am is to go against our, our nature. And, and maybe here's a way to think about it, and, and I know that this will be um, not well received by modern culture in terms of how uh, people see this, 
But if I, if I woke up one day and said, you know, I think I want to be Asian American, I feel Asian, right. um, you'd laugh at me. If I woke up and said, I, I feel like I'm black, uh, you, people would say, well, well, you can't just decide that you're black because you feel like you are. Sure. Um, I'm a white male. There, there's no way around the fact that I'm white. And maleness is very similar to whiteness um, in, in that sense. Now, again, I know some people would say, well, gender isn't the same as uh, race, and race is a different concept than, and all of that. But my point is there are certain things about us that, that are just uh, a reality of how we came into the world that God created us. And, and again, that, that flies in the face of culture, but I think that's how this ties into transgenderism. I would say this too, and this isn't to flatter Orchard Hill Church or our senior pastor, uh, but I think one thing, one thing that's unique about what we do around here is we are patient with people. Mm. Uh, if someone came in and had a, a real struggle uh, and, and they were clearly outside of the bounds of scripture, uh, if somebody comes in and they're reasonable, we are going to love them. We're going to welcome them into this community uh, and, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ and hope that the concept of truth from God's word is something that begins to take root in their heart. Uh, because I think only then are people able to make sound biblical decisions, not only about their identity, but about you know, who they are in the, the people that they, that they respond to or the people they work with or the people that, uh, you know, if, if I've always used the illustration, uh, and I know this is off topic, but it, my, my temptations aren't to be a, a drug addict. I mm -hmm. could walk around with 100 pounds of cocaine in my backpack and never be tempted to use it. But that's not the same for everybody else. Mm -hmm. We have unique temptations and I think even in this respect, some people are simply tempted to identify, to make their entire identity yeah. uh, something that it is not uh, because it gives them some feeling or it meets some need that only Christ yeah. can, can meet in their life. That's well put. And we're going to leave it there. If you have questions for Ask a Pastor, please feel free to send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com. Thanks for spending part of your day uh, with this content.